0: Welcome back to the Podcast Positivity Show with your host, me, Marlena G. I ah, had a little break there from the show. Something came up, but I am back and ready to go. I know you guys probably missed your weekend message. Don't worry. I have it on the way. 14 Keys to Lasting Love. That episode will be up soon. Today, I would like to jump into the topic of sin. What is sin? So, we're going to cover this topic, and um, I have um, some scripture and just a whole lot of information, a wealth of information for you today. So, come on, come on and fellowship with me, and uh, let's get into this word of God. Do you need help praying? Are connecting with God on a daily basis? Abide is the world's most popular Christian meditation app, giving hundreds of thousands of people around the world the opportunity to embrace God through Christ-centered prayers and meditation. Download in your app store. Welcome back after the break. So we're talking about Sin. what is sin and uh i'm gonna jump on into things and uh get the show going okay so what is sin i've been um you know doing a lot of research on sin now of course we all know what general sin is but um i just wanted to kind of go deeper into you know breaking it down for you guys so you can understand I have some scripture that will definitely help you in your walk with Christ and help you um you know be able to identify sin when you see it or when it's coming into your life or maybe when you're engaging in it in your life you maybe sometimes you're not aware of it sometimes people aren't aware of the fact that they are sinning but um yeah this could be very helpful for you what is sin actually? Sin is what separates people from God. And the wages of sin is death. I commit sin when I disobey God's will and trans- transgress His laws. That's 1 John 3 and 4. And I would like for you to actually check out um, this website. It has a, um, a great amount of uh, information and resources uh, that you can look up. And it just... it. Has a lot of teachings and topics biblically that is very helpful. You can actually print this stuff out. This is activechristianity.org. That is activechristianity.org. Please go to that site, check it out, uh, download some topics and some teachings. It's definitely resources that you can have handy uh, on in your daily walk um, with Christ. It'll keep you on your toes and um, help you, you know, when you need to know something. You can just run to these notes, you know, read, um, get into the scripture. Check it out. Check it out. Check it out. Check it out. All right. There are many expressions, biblical and non-biblical, to describe sin. For example. What is meant by sin in the flesh and deeds of the body? We all have sin, but no one has to commit sin. What is the difference? Okay. The origin of sin. Sin entered the world when Adam and Eve disobeyed God and ate of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. They obeyed their own will their own will rather than god's and by this they became conscious of right and wrong genesis 2 and 3. by this act of disobedience their human nature was corrupted and they received a sinful nature or sinful flesh so okay we have the question what is sin And then um, in order to know what sin is, you have to begin with the origin of sin. Now the origin of sin, meaning the beginning of sin, how sin came into the world, how it was created or began was through Adam and Eve, the first man and woman that was ever created on the earth. God made Adam first, then he went into um, Adam, took a rib from him and made Eve, so thus the first woman and man, uh, and they uh, committed the first sin. So that's the origin of sin. Refer to Genesis 2 and 3, okay? Now, we're going to go on further um, and read. Let's see what we have here. Okay. The law of sin, lust, and desires, etc. In Romans 7 and 18, you can read about the law of sin, lust, and desires, etc. In Romans 7 and 18, Paul writes... For I know that in me, that is, in my flesh, nothing good dwells. Here he describes this tendency to sin that we have all inherited. Now, I know people might say, well, I'm not going to just go as far as to say there's nothing good in me. Um, But Paul was saying, you know, he was trying to describe how everyone has thoughts that are not like Christ. If you sit and say you have, haven't have had an ungodly thought before, you're lying. You are lying and the truth is not in you. Every single thought that comes in your mind is not godly. You might not mean to think it. You might not want to allow it into your thought pattern, but it's something that just happens. That's why the Bible says we are all sinners and we're living by grace. Okay? And we have the opportunity to repent of our sins and to rebuke those ungodly thoughts and um, cast those ungodly thoughts down on a daily basis because it's just, it's it's the flesh. It naturally happens, but we have to take control, take command of our thought life and say, I'm not going to allow these thoughts to have me in sin. I'm not going to allow these thoughts into my thought pattern and I'm going to overcome these types of thoughts and um, let's go on and read John writes, if we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. First John one and eight, the sin that I have is the sin in the flesh, lusts and desires that I have inherited. This is no fault of my own. It is something I am born with and does not, and does not entail guilt. So you do not have to be guilty about having a sinful thought, especially if you know that it's just something that kind of came into your mind. And you was like, Ooh, I shouldn't be thinking that we have inherited sinful thoughts because again, back to the beginning, the origin of sin, sin entered the world when Adam and Eve disobeyed God. So they brought that, they brought that sin was from the beginning of time from the first man and woman. So, you were born into a sin world. So, there's going to be some sin thoughts. So, you don't have to feel a guilt, but also do not allow those thoughts or accept those thoughts or condone those thoughts. Rebuke those thoughts and grow. Okay? Let's read on. This is no fault of my own. It is something I am born with and does not entail guilt. Um, refer to Romans 7, 24 through 25 and Romans 8 and 1. I can feel this tendency every time I am tempted, but each one is tempted when he is drawn away by his own desires and enticed That's James 1 and 14. Most of the time sin comes from temptation, wanting to do something that we know is not right or that we, we kind of have a feeling we might not should do, but it feels good at the time. Okay. When have I committed sin? Question. Okay. However, there is a big difference in having sin, being sin enticed by my lusts and desires and committing sin. James goes on to write. Then when desire has conceived, it gives birth to sin and sin, when it is full grown, brings forth death. James 1 and 15. Here we see that temptation doesn't become sin, committed sin, until a conception takes place. Okay, so this conception takes place when my mind agrees with the lust. The result is that I commit sin, whether in thought, word, or deed. This is sin for which I will be held accountable. Now I am guilty. So when you commit It says this conception takes place when my mind agrees with the lust. So if you allow your mind to agree with what you're thinking about. Okay, I thought I I thought about uh, let's let's get into some examples. You know, you're married, but you've pictured another woman or man in your mindset. And then you enjoy that thought. And uh, you kind of allow those thoughts to come in and you kind of have a thing where You enjoy the thoughts and you kind of fantasize sometimes about being with someone else. Well, you're committing sin in your thought life. Your thought life is now up under sin because you're thinking about these things and you know you shouldn't because you're married. Whenever a temptational thought comes into the mind or a temptation comes into the mind... You should cast that down immediately. I rebuke it in the name of Jesus. It has no jurisdiction in my mind. I will not allow this to come into my thought pattern because I am like Christ. You rebuke those thoughts immediately and you move on. Okay. You don't allow them. You don't begin to fantasize. You don't begin to enjoy the thoughts and kind of play out a movie in your mind of what could be great with someone else. When you know you're married. That's just an example. There's many other ways you can sin in your thought pattern besides like adulterous thoughts. That's just an example. Okay, sin, I am not aware of, deeds of the body. I will also often experience that I can act, speak, or think contrary to God's will without being aware of it at the time. In Romans 7 and 8, Paul describes this very clearly and here he calls these acts deeds of the body and being captive to the law of sin in my members because the inclination never passed my consciousness I have hold up, give me just a second let's read on I have lost my place there for a second, I'm sorry Okay, so moving on, moving on. Sin I am not aware of, deeds of the body, okay? So it says, I will also often experience that I can act, speak, or think contrary to God's will. So what you need to be aware of is the fact that in our daily lives or whatever, as we're going, we can actually sin and not know that we are sinning. That's what sin that you are not aware of. That's what that means, okay? You can actually be doing something that you're not aware is a sin sometimes. You know, you might can just for a second have an attitude with somebody or dislike someone in your feelings and you think it's okay to not like that person. Okay, I don't like them. I just simply do not like this person and this is how I'm feeling. I can't stand them. You know what I'm saying? And um, you might think a bad thought about that person, okay? Okay So, in doing those types of actions and having those types of thoughts, that's a sin nature. That's a sin nature to um, to have strife with someone. That's a sin nature. You know. So we have forgiveness of sins. Okay, I'm moving through it. Stay with me. Forgiveness of sins. Let's go to Jesus' work. All those who come to faith in Jesus and ask him to forgive them of their sins because they have repented of them, receive unmerited, undeserved forgiveness by grace. So it doesn't matter what you do. That is a sin. As long as you are repent, as long as you repent, what I'm trying to say, then there is unmerited forgiveness. And it's not because, oh, you were forgave because you repented. That's just part of it you were forgiven because Christ forgives so it's all about him you know if you repent you are forgiven because Christ died on the cross for our sins that we can be forgiven so it's an undeserved forgiveness by grace there is no requirement for us to achieve anything in order to receive the forgiveness of sins We see this clearly when Jesus opened the way into paradise for the robber on the cross who repented of his sins. So there's a robber on the cross beside Christ when Christ was on the cross. And he said, take me with you. And Jesus freely opened up and said he would be good. He would see him in paradise. So that shows right there that robber didn't do anything good. He was up there for robbery. He was on the cross, nailed to the cross beside Jesus because he was a robber, a thief. But you see how when he accepted Christ, he was forgiven and able to go to paradise. You see, he said, today you will be with me in paradise. That's what Jesus said. This is God's great love for us that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. So the righteousness of God through faith in Jesus Christ to all and on all who believe for there is no difference for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God being justified freely by his grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. Romans 3:21 through 24. So we definitely Have the opportunity to be saved and to be forgiven of our sins. So do not allow sin thoughts, sin action to rule and conquer your life. Don't feel super guilty about it. In that guilt. Take that guilt. Turn that around on his head. Repent. Start over. And rebuke those thoughts. Rebuke those actions. Don't allow them to control you. Make a conscious decision that you're not going to live that way. You're going to be Christ-like. Jesus bore our sin and the sin of the entire world, but upon his body and in his body, when he died on the cross, the just for the unjust, okay, that's the just for the unjust, a just man died for unjust people, okay, so that's love, that's a big, big, big thing right there, Jesus took that sin on his own body, in his flesh, see, and thereby he had power over death. By this work, we also have the possibility of receiving forgiveness for all the sin that we have committed. Paul puts it in this way, and you being dead in your trespasses and the uncircumcision of your flesh, he has made alive together with him having forgiven you all trespasses, having wiped out the handwriting of requirements that was against us, which was contrary to us, and he has taken it out of the way. Having nailed it to the cross, Colossians 2:13 and 14, Jesus nailed it all to the cross. All that sin, all that wrong has been nailed to the cross. So whenever you find yourself in a sticky situation, know that you can come out of it because Christ has provided the road out. There is no extra work that you have to do. Just repent. Make it it your choice to be free of these behaviors, these sin thoughts, these things that can hold us back in our our walk with Christ and and in living an upright, godly, clean life. You know, those who committed sin in the old covenant were guilty according to the law, and were punished. Some even received a death sentence. Sacrifices always had to be offered for sin. But the sacrifices did not take away the sin. That's Hebrews 10, 1-4. However, Jesus, God's only begotten Son, took all the sins of the world upon himself. We can say that he took the blame for all sins committed throughout history. He did not give in to temptation like all people before him, but in the power of the eternal spirit that was with him, he overcame all the sin that had entered in through the fall, that was, <clears throat> through the fall, I'm sorry, which was the source of all subsequent falling in sin throughout history. Thereby, he wiped out the handwriting of requirements that went against us this is incomprehensibly great it means that we can partake of jesus life without having done lots of good works to deserve it see we are saved by grace now everyone can therefore receive forgiveness by unmerited grace for all the sins they have committed But if we want to enter into the life of discipleship, there are some clear conditions, Peter says. Repent, therefore, and be converted that your sins may be blotted out so that times of refreshing may come from the presence of the Lord. Acts 3 and 19. A wholehearted conversion must result in us turning away from the old life where we served sin and sought the world with our mind. We must start on a new way on which we seek God and the heavenly things. We cannot continue to commit sin in secret. When Jesus met Paul on the way to Damascus, he said to him to open their eyes in order to turn them from darkness to light. Okay? Okay? In order to turn them from darkness to light. So we have forgiveness of sins, you guys. Okay? Just know that it is by grace, not works. So if you're struggling today with any type of sin thoughts or sin actions or sin behaviors, I really urge you, you know, get some Christian counseling. For one, a lot of people are afraid to say that they're struggling with sin. It's okay to go to your pastor, a leader, um, a, a, a Christian, um, you know, family member or spouse and talk these things out. You know, have a Bible study with somebody like take the Bible, get some scriptures on what you're going through, because there's a scripture for every single thing you go through in life. Work it out through the Bible and you'll be okay. Don't don't be afraid to let someone know that, you know, you're in sin or maybe you're struggling with certain thoughts. It's always good to have some help, you know, on this road that we're, we're walking, on this journey we have with, with our Lord and Savior. You know, get help in your walk. Don't be alone with it. You know, a real true Christian and someone who loves God is not going to judge you. They're going to know that this stuff is real. And they're going to want to be there for you. You know, so just know who to go to. And also pray. Pray without ceasing. God will provide a road out. I'm going to take a quick break. I'll be back after the message. Listen to the podcast positivity show on radio public. It's free, easy to use, and helps listeners like you find and support shows like mine. When you listen to my show on Radio Public, everyone benefits. How, you ask? Because Radio Public rewards podcasters with the paid listener's rate. And for you, the listener, it's free to listen with no hidden fees or charges or credit card signups needed. Listen on iOS and Android. Welcome back from the break. Uh, we were talking about what is sin and forgiveness of sins. Remember, we said we talked about how the origin of sin came from Adam and Eve, the first man and woman. We, we got into the forgiveness of sins. And um, now we're going to go ahead and move right along to the sea of forgetfulness. What am I talking about? Listen up. In Isaiah, we read what God says about the future. Do not remember the former things, nor consider the things of old. Behold, I will do a new thing. Now it shall spring forth, shall you not know it. I will even make a road in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. I, even I, am he who blots out your transgressions for my own sake, and I will not remember your sins. Isaiah 43, 18 through 19 and 25. So basically what this is saying is that God Once he forgives you, does not remember your sin. That's what it says. I, even I, am he who blots out your transgressions for my own sake. So it is clear once you are forgiven by God, he does not remember your sin. So if someone, because we oftentimes have people in our lives um, or people around us that want to tear us down and bring us down. You know, because we've we've gotten on the straight and narrow with God. We're doing, doing the right thing. And they'll try and bring up something old that you did when you were 18 or 19 years old. You could be sitting there, a 45-year-old man or woman, and somebody's bringing up your past when you were a teenager or something like that. And you tell that person, my sins are forgiven and forgotten by God. I am a new creation and my life is no longer that life. So those sins are dead. They're as if I've never even committed them. So you can talk all you want to, I am 100% forgiven, okay? Because people will do that. They'll try and bring up something from years ago when you were a completely different person with a completely different mindset. So when we have asked God for forgiveness for the sins we have committed and firmly resolved not to do them anymore, God blots out the transgression and does not remember it anymore. He will again have compassion on us and will subdue our iniquities. You will cast all our sins into the depths of the sea. That's Micah 7 and 19. God casts all the sins we have committed and for which we have asked for forgiveness into this sea. If we have sinned against other people and harmed them, we must put this in order. If possible... However, because and why I say if possible, I'm pretty sure uh, that means, you know, some people won't allow you to apologize to them or say, hey, can you forgive me? I know I was wrong. Some people want to hold you to what you've done because it makes them feel better. You know, some people just like to be in that misery state. So if possible, it says, however, we must also cast the sins that others have committed against us into the same sea. Move it. Let's move it back. We must put this in order. If we have sinned against other people and harmed them, we must put this in order. Okay. So, like I said, if possible, if the person allows you to. Now, let's moving moving right along. However, we must also cast the sins that others have committed against us into the same seed, like God. We must be able to forgive our fellow man for their sins and injustices. Against us, okay. So we have to be forgiving because that is God's nature, He is a forgiving God, that is His nature. Also read Matthew 18, 25-35. Here we see how Jesus views the matter of forgiveness. If God forgives us, we are obligated to forgive our brother. Without a forgiving spirit, we stop serving God. And what that means is, we're obligated to forgive someone who has done something to us because God is forgiving us on a daily basis. You know, without a forgiving spirit, we stop serving God and Satan gains power. If we are unable to forgive and begin to hate our brother, we remain in death and have no future. John says that we have passed from death to life if we love our brothers. 1 John 3 and 14 that is. That is where our future lies. In forgiveness, in loving one another, knowing that everybody falls short of the glory of God. And being able to be Christ like. You can't say you're Christ like or that you love God if you're not forgiving people. There's no way you are in that image, that image of God, if you are not forgiving. Okay? I would like to move right along to our um, um, second part of this uh, show. Um, Let's get into temptation. How to resist temptation. Are you faced with temptation on a regular basis? I have 29 Bible verses in front of me. Now you, you do the math. You keep count because I'm not going to count it right here, but I have 29 of them I'm sure. 29 Bible verses that empower you to resist temptation. These Bible verses give you the tools you need to overcome every temptation. Temptation never has to result in sin because when you're tempted, it can result in sin. If you give in and you actually do that thing, okay? Temptation is a part of life until we no longer have a body of sin. We will all be tempted to commit sin, but in reality, every temptation is an opportunity to overcome and to get victory over sin. With the word of God as our weapon, we can always resist temptation. Here is a selection of Bible verses about temptation that show us how to overcome and uh, the promises we will receive as a result of overcoming temptation. Okay. Believe that God has a way of escape for you. Temptation doesn't become sin until you agree with it. So the way of resistance is the way of escape. Resist temptation and be an overcomer. James 1, 14 through 15. But each one is tempted when he is drawn away by his own desires and enticed. Then when desire has conceived, it gives birth to sin and sin when it is full grown brings forth death. So each and every one of us have been drawn away by some type of desire Or something that we want to do that might feel good at the time. But the only way that it can become a sin is if we give in and we let it happen. And once we do that, that brings on death. Sin is death. The Bible clearly says it. That sin is death. And all it's going to lead to is things in life that can lead you to an early death. Corinthians 10 and 13, no temptation has overtaken you except such as as is common to man. But God is faithful, who will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you are able. But with the temptation will also make the way of escape that you may be able to bear it. Use the power of the Holy Spirit. That's the strength you need to resist temptation until the end. Galatians 5, 16 um, and 17 says, I say, then walk in the spirit and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh for the flesh lusts against the spirit and the spirit against the flesh. And these are contrary to one another so that you do not do the things that you wish. Second Corinthians 10 and four for the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God. For pulling down strongholds our what the, the the weapons of our warfare are not carnal they're spiritual we have to fight with our spiritual weapons with that Holy Spirit fire against the evil against the evil one against the wiles of the enemy okay your word I have hidden in my heart that I might not sin against you. Psalms 119 and 11. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God you, that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. Ephesians 6 and 10 and 11. Gotta guard your mind and your heart with the things of God, the Holy Spirit, the Father, the Son, and the Spirit. You gotta have your whole armor on. How can a young man cleanse his way by taking heed according to your word? Psalms 119 and a 9. Remember your covenant with God. How then can I do this great wickedness and sin against God? You have to remember your covenant with God. Let that guilt you into not doing the wrong thing. Remember, I have a covenant with God. I love God. I'm not about to mess up with him. How then can I do this great wickedness and sin against God? Genesis 39 and 9. I have made a covenant with my eyes. Why then should I look upon a young woman? Job 31 and 1. Keep your eyes to yourself. Stop lusting after people. Don't look at the opposite sex, especially if you're married. And you know you shouldn't be looking at the opposite sex, even if you're not married. You can resist the temptation of fornication by just simply not looking at someone longer than a second. Glance at that person, keep it moving. You know you're not married and you don't want to get no thoughts in your mind about sleeping with that person when you know that you're not married. I have made a covenant with my eyes. Tell yourself, my eyes belong to God. I ain't got time to be looking at nothing in a a way that I shouldn't. Job 31 and 1. Okay, so love Jesus more than you love your lust. You got to love God more than you love your lust. Do you love that thing you want to do more than you love Christ? Ask yourself that. Is it worth getting in trouble um, or being, put it this way, is it worth worth being in the wrong standing with, with Christ than in the right standing with Christ? What do you value most, your relationship with Christ or your or that moment that you're going to get that little, you know, small few minutes or maybe an hour or however long pleasure? When your relationship with God is lifelong. So just be careful of that. Okay, If you love me, keep my commandments. John 14 and 15, he says. Yet indeed, I also count all things loss for the excellence of the knowledge of Christ. Jesus, my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things and count them as rubbish that I may gain Christ. Philippians 3 and 8. Oh, come on. If I got to lose some things, lose some friends, lose some homies partners whatever it's you want to call it to gain christ is it not worth it the things of this world is fleeting so don't worry about no money cars clothes best friends buddies all that stuff is okay but at the end of the day if it jeopard if it's a situation where it's jeopardizing your relationship with christ you drop that thing immediately Because nothing is more important than having a relationship with Christ. Your eternal life is more important than the one that that you're in right now. We are storing up treasures in heaven, not on earth. Because these things on earth stay. We go to heaven. And that's where we will reside for eternity. So you got to ask yourself. Do I love Jesus more than I love this thing that I know will get me into trouble? He said, if you love me, keep my commandments. John 14, 15. Love righteousness. You gotta love being righteous. You gotta have you gotta love when you're being right. You gotta love when you're doing the right thing or you're in right standing with God. Does it feel good to you to know that you're in right standing? Love righteousness. But you, O man of God, flee these things and pursue righteousness, godliness, faith, love patience, gentleness, 1 Timothy 6 and 11. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be filled. Yes. See the sin that you are tempted to as worthless, ugly, and unbearably sinful. Because of these things, the wrath of God is coming upon the sons of disobedience. Colossians 3 and 6. You got to see that sin as disgusting. Oh, God, why did I think about that? I don't want to do that. You who love the Lord hate evil. He preserves the souls of his saints. He delivers them out of the hand of the wicked. Psalms 97 and 10. Resist Satan in the time of temptation. Jesus shows us just how we can do that by using the word of God. Therefore, submit to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you, James 4 and 7. Then Jesus said to him, Away with you, Satan, for it is written, You shall worship the Lord your God, and him only you shall serve, Matthew 4 and 10. You got to stay close to Jesus, for in that he himself has suffered, being tempted, he is able to aid those who are tempted, Hebrews two fourteen through 18. So staying close to Jesus, the one who was tempted to the highest measure. Jesus was tempted way worse than what we are being tempted today, I can guarantee you. But did he sin? Nope, nope, nobody, nope. No, he did not. He stayed clean, pure as a whistle. Okay? Pure as the sound of a whistle. Stay close to him. He's your aid. He's the one that can help you through those temptation times because he done been through it already and he conquered it. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Philippians 4 and 13. Remember that it is Christ who lives in you and you are already dead to sin. Sin has no dominion over you. You're dead to sin. Sin does not live in your life. Sin is dead. D-E-A-D. Dead. Dead. Likewise, you also reckon yourselves to be dead indeed to sin, but alive to God in Christ Jesus our Lord. Therefore, do not let sin reign in your mortal body. Oh, yes. Do not let it. Do not let sin reign in your mortal body. Yes. Holy Ghost. Holy Ghost. I feel the spirit. I feel the spirit in this episode. This somebody is being touched. Somebody is receiving a word today that they have been needing deeply. Listen up. I have more. Therefore do not let sin reign in your mortal body that you should obey it in its lust. Romans 6:11 through 12. Okay? You are of God, little children, and have overcome them because he who is in you is greater than he who is in the world. 1 John 4 and 4. Yes, 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 yes. Pray. You have to pray. Go to the throne of grace to get help. Go to the throne of grace to get the power to overcome in your time of need when you are tempted. Jesus is there to help you through that situation. Keep it in mind. He's the one who was tempted the highest and overcame it. Did not sin at all. For sin shall not have dominion over you. For you are not under law, but under grace. Romans 6 and 14. Sins are forgiven through Christ. Christ Jesus is our grace. In the Old Testament times, you had to... Uh, kill a ram or a bull or a goat and and spread the blood on the altar as a sacrifice to God in order to cover your sin. And it didn't even take away the sin fully. It just covered it. But Christ came that is completely taken away and you're washed clean. That's the difference. For sin shall not have dominion over you. For you are not under the old law, but under grace. Romans 6 and 14. Let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. Yes, Lord. Hebrews 4 and 16. Follow Jesus' example. Who in the days of his flesh, when he had offered up prayers and supplications with With vehement cries and tears to him, who was able to save him from death and was heard because of his godly fear, though he was a son. Yet he learned obedience by the things which he suffered. Hebrews 5 and 7. Jesus learned. Oh, Jesus, no. Jesus, no, because he learned all about it when God released him into the earth to take on our sin, to take on our sin punishment. So God, God knows he is. Look, we don't have a creator that doesn't understand that we're going to be tempted because his son went through it for us first and conquered it, conquered death, hell and the grave. Know that the battle is already won. If you just hold out and resist temptation until the end. Being confident of this very thing. That he who has begun a good work in you will complete it until the day of Jesus Christ. Philippians 1 and 6. Blessed is the man who endures temptation, for he has been approved. He will receive the crown of life, which the Lord has promised to those who love him. James 1 and 12. I could go on for days. Are you getting this message? Who's getting this message? Are you being blessed? Resist temptation. Stomp the devil down into the dirt. You win, you win, you win, you win. Because Christ won. And if you're in Christ, you're already a winner. Remember that overcoming leads to a deeper fellowship with Christ. Yes, it does. Be sober. Be vigilant. Be vigilant. Because... Your adversary, the devil, walks about like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. So resist him steadfast in the faith, knowing that the same sufferings are experienced by your brotherhood in the world. 1 Peter 5, 8 through 9. Choosing rather to suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the passing pleasures of sin. Hebrews 11 and 25. Oh, this has been a powerful, powerful episode. Who's been blessed today? Come on, send me your messages. I need to hear from you. I want to know how this episode has helped you. Come on and send me a message on my message board. I listen to the messages. But I hope that you are able to get ahead of sin and get ahead of temptation and when, 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 because you are so special and loved by God, you are in Christ. You are an overcomer. You have the power of a king. Don't you let anybody tell you any different. And don't you let things of old ring true in your life today. Because your sins are forgiven when you repented and gave them to Jesus One who died on the cross that they may be wiped clean from your slate. Stay tuned for a break. Have you ever thought about starting your own podcast? When I was trying to get this podcast off the ground, I had a lot of questions. How do I record an episode? How do I get my show into all the apps people like to listen? How do I make money from my podcast? The answer to every one of these questions is Anchor. Anchor is a one-stop shop for recording, hosting, and distributing your podcast. Best of all, it's 100% free and ridiculously easy to use. And now, Anchor can match you with great sponsors who want to advertise on your podcast that means you get paid to podcast right away. In fact, that's what I'm doing right now, by reading this ad. I really believe I have something special to share with the world, and Anchor is helping me do that, and I love how easy to use their podcasting tools are. So if you've always wanted to start a podcast, make money doing it, go to Start to join me, and the diverse community of podcasters already using anchor that's anchor fm start i can't wait to hear your podcast welcome back from the break that is all the time that i have for the show today i really hope that the message went forth and blessed your soul blessed your life I will um, fellowship back with you again on the Podcast Positivity Show right here, same place, all the time. Just keep on coming back. I love, love, love to come into your homes by way of uh, Spotify or iTunes or whatever um, platform, Radio Public, that you listen to my show on. I'm here to spread the knowledge of God, the truth, and to help somebody through. Because, hey, there was a day and time that I needed help through. I still need help through. I'm still leaning on my Lord and Savior. That doesn't end. That doesn't stop. I'm just like you, needing God's unending mercy and grace. Until next time, may God pour out his blessings on you until we meet again.